0: as what I said last week. The kingdom of God, the church is, uh, you know, is part of the kingdom of God, but there's so much more than church. It, it, it's part of it, but it's so much more than church, and this is what we're after. And the Lord gave me years ago a because uh, we, we were sort of like going, oh, you know, who have we got to work with? Who you know we we should be trying to work with the local churches and you know show a united front. And when we have all these speakers come in, we we used to you know send out. You know, to all of the churches, this guy's coming in, he's, he's carrying something that we as Sheffield, you know, we need it for Sheffield, and all the rest of it. You know, please come. And, you know, very, very few people ever came. And very few people even let us know that they weren't going to come. Bishop, let us know. Bishop, Bishop did, yeah. But, you know, and then the Lord gave me a vision. Very clear. You know, it's very, very clear when these things happen. He, g- he gave me a vision, and I, I was building you know, when when Nehemiah was called to to build and establish the walls of Jerusalem. And there I was building the wall in this vision, and he just said, complete your part of the wall, look to the left and look to the right, and whoever's on your left and whoever's on your right, I'll bring you together, because they will build and establish their wall. You know, it's our responsibility to be upright before the Lord. And we need to encourage one another in this place. This is what I am responsible for. I'm not responsible for what's happening down the road or across there or up there. I'm responsible for what's happening in here. And I thank God for you, folk, that we're getting two things right. That we're learning to love the Lord with all of our hearts. And we're learning to love one another. And I don't want to lose one. I do not want to lose one, you know, because of what. What is coming and what we're about to move into. So over the last few weeks, I've been really talking about you know, walking and talking and seeing and hearing in the in the spirit and not walking in the flesh. Because we have got to grow up. And I wish pastors across Sheffield would start preaching for their flock to grow. Under the 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 anointing of the Holy Spirit. We will grow and through the words you know and, and for what reason not to increase numbers in churches but to increase the kingdom that's right, that's right. it's to, it's all about the kingdom that's right, that's right. let your kingdom come but in that kingdom we have a, got a choice we have a choice of which kingdom we're going to serve yeah. as christians and i spoke last week you know that that's not preached in churches about hell what we do here james speaks about it james says that what we do on this earth is like the mist of the sea it rises in the morning and when the sun comes it disappears and he's speaking about our lives we if we're lucky we've got 80 years three score and ten you know 70 80 years however long it is you know um if that's what the lord is calling us to do and and to live our lives and to to go after him he might increase our length of, of time but, I, but but James says it. You know, I'm I'm about to turn sixty in a couple of years' time. I can't believe I'm sixty. I can't believe it. I mean, how many people here don't feel their age? All of us. We do not feel our age. Yeah, you know, and yet, you know, I'm I'm thinking, wow, wow, I'm sixty. I'm not as old as Ian, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm not far. But you know, I, I don't feel sixty. You know, I feel about 30, 35, you know. But, but you yeah, <laughs> thank you, Caroline. <laughs> you smooth talker. But, uh, but we don't feel it. But yet what we do here on the earth will determine where we spend eternity. You know, I, I, we need to preach hell to church. We need to preach and teach and, and show what hell is all about. Can you imagine living in hell for an eternity where, where the, the, the. Can you remember the, the rich man when he says to Lazarus, Lazarus, just put one drop of water, one drop of water in my tongue, because you're eternally thirsty. One. Where the worms eat your flesh and then the flesh grows again. Where the eternal fire burns us and then our flesh just regenerates itself and it goes on and on and on and on and i like what booth said i want to take every born-again christian to the edge of hell and let them stare in for 10 minutes it will radically change them but we're here about the kingdom Our business is not to increase church or make converts. Our business is about increasing the kingdom and making disciples who look like Jesus do. That is our job, is to become like him. When you went to the the, the pool in that vision and you looked at the pool and there were two reflections, one of you and one of Jesus, I want to see Jesus. I don't want to see my face. I want to see Jesus in me, the hope of glory. And this is about to come on a bunch of people in an increasing measure when we will be about the kingdom's business, and we will look like Him, we will talk like Him, we will do as He does, which is love. Love one another. Love the broken-hearted. Set the captives free. This is the kingdom business, because Jesus went about all villages. All cities healing all that were were sick and all that were oppressed. Not some, but all. So we've got to be preaching and teaching about this kingdom. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But how can we preach the kingdom on earth if we haven't seen it in heaven? And we haven't had the revelation of who he is and who you are in him. Who you are in him, it's so important. It's about looking like the king. No more in this place, not in this place. We don't, I, I, I said to Hardy, I would not swap anybody here for any other church in Sheffield because we're getting something right here. We're getting something right, which is loving God, pursuing him and encouraging one another to look like him. And boy, do we stuff up. But you know what? We're really good at, pre- at picking each other up and dusting one another off. So if you've got an issue and somebody comes and says, look, Andy, I think you've got an issue. Don't go, I think that's your issue. Say, well, look, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. And if you don't agree with some of this, then come and talk about it and see how instead of getting the huff. I mean, I had, I had a lady who wrote me an email saying, we're leaving, we're leaving, we're leaving and I can't stand you. You are a liar. You are this, that, and that, and that. And I'm going, wow. Wow, I mean, it's not like I haven't known this person. This person's been around my table having food with us, and, and such venom came out. Yeah, but you know what? I've got broad shoulders. I hold nothing against them. Lord, bless them and love them and love them. But you know what? I have got a responsibility is for this. Who talks through this? Who stands up on this stage and plays and leads worship? Who even supports Heidi in the worship? I've got a responsibility, and Heidi's got a responsibility for that. For somebody like Ginny coming up, I've got complete trust. Because I know her heart. With Ian and Denise, I've got to know their hearts. I know your hearts. So I haven't got a problem if you come and take the microphone. But I will have a problem if I see somebody coming down and saying, can I have a word? And I'll say no. Because you will not touch the anointing. That's our responsibility for what is coming. Because there's two churches going to arise. There's going to be the true church. The one that remains faithful to the Lord and have not lost their first love. And the church is the false church. You guys are bigots. You are anti this. You are anti that. You are anti and all the rest of it we've got to speak the truth in love so if I see somebody heading for a cliff I want to warn them if you go a step further you're going to fall over and there's no coming back and be hated for it that's the part is to be hated for it but we're mo- we're about to see a shift coming it is on us it is coming we spoke to Neville last night he is saying the same thing yeah you know, and he's in war he's in battle but it says, I say then, walk in the spirit so you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We've got to walk in the spirit, folks. And I know most of us here are wanting that. Don't we? Because it goes on. This is in uh, Galatians 5, verse 16. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. Look at that word lusts, against. You know, I don't want this flesh. And, I, you know, I fail but I'm going to come on to that. I fail, but but you know what? I love the Lord. And I, I, I love him that I don't want to remain like this. And that's the difference. I don't want to do the things of the flesh. I want to do the things of the spirit. And when that attitude comes into you, the father runs to you. He runs to you. And he will say, that's in your spirit. Therefore, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you all the backing of heaven to help you look like my son, Jesus. And that's his grace. Unmerited favour. Grace. Not to allow me down the slippery slope of sin and thinking, it's all right, then I could just carry on like this and, and he's gonna love me, he's gonna... No, you've gotta change. Otherwise, you will be cast out into outer, outer darkness. But Father, I did this in your name. I did. No, but you never knew me. You never knew me. Get out from my sight. Get out of my presence. And I want to speak about that. Because this is all about the kingdom. And the spirit against the flesh. And they these are contrary to one another. There's a war going on. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under law. That's incredible. If you are not led, if you are led by the spirit, you're not under law. And most of the church, most of the born again Christians live under law. We don't live in the, in the spirit because we don't see ourselves how Jesus sees us. We don't see ourselves how God sees us. And that's what I want to really tackle because it's part of the kingdom. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are, listen to this, adultery fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self-ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, reveries, and the like of which I will tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past. But those that practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow, it says it. Those that practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're heirs. And if we're heirs, there is something to inherit. But we've got to know what our job here on earth is to increase the kingdom to get our heirloom. Yes, we've got to. But be fruitful in the spirit, which is love. Love joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and being of good self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desire. And if we uh, live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I want to see in the Spirit how he sees me. Not how other people see me. This isn't an act. This isn't me just putting on my Sunday best and coming to church. This is coming to church because I want to look like him. And, you know, and I'm staggered. I'm staggered. It says, do not let us meet, stop meeting together as some in the practice are doing. I don't understand why people don't want to be here on a Sunday. And that's not a criticism. I don't understand it. Why wouldn't you want to be here and be spurred on to look more like Jesus? You know, and and to say, have Ian, you know, pray for me. Look, Ian, I've got this, can you pray for me? Yeah, come on, Andy. Let's, let's, Let's spur one another on to love and good deeds. Because we've got to be about the kingdom. So if there's a kingdom, there's got to be a king. And if there's a king, what's your role in serving that king? What are you here for? What is your role? It's not to sit on a cloud or in an ivory tower and play a harp. It's to be absolutely proactive in advancing and establishing the kingdom of God on earth. It's got to be about that. It's got to be about that. He has delivered us from the power. This is Colossians 1 verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son, of his love. That's incredible, isn't it? So if we're conveyed, that means we're literally pushed into it. We're literally, there you go. And what's it? We're conveyed into the Son of his love. So we're meant to look like the Son. We're meant to look like love. Therefore, this is Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, we're in a kingdom that cannot be rocked, that cannot be shaken. It is sure it's a done deal. (coughs) God isn't sitting up in heaven worried about what the devil's doing. God's not worried. So why are we worried about what the devil's doing? Why are we worried about it so much? Oh, I'm having a, I'm under such attack. No, we're all going to be under attack. This is part of life. This is part of living in the kingdom of light. Because when you're living in the kingdom of light, the darkness wants to stuff the light out. And what is his, what's his job? It's to steal everything that, that's the destiny that's written upon you. It's to kill that destiny. It's to rob you of it. And that's what the Lord is saying. No, I have come to establish my kingdom on earth as it's been established already. It's the gospel of the kingdom. And you must be prepared for what is about to happen and what is your role in it. Everything must be. We must be about the Father's business. Got to be about the Father's business. If Jesus was saying, I can only do what I see the Father doing, John 5 17 then surely that we've got to do that we've got to be living out of that Lord what are you what's my role in this and if you're not in that role then you've got to get out and find the role the Lord has for you because now is the time we're going to be really into it and now is the time to be established of who you are in the kingdom of God and what's your role what's your role in that and everybody has a role everybody here has a role to play Matthew 24 verse 14 says these words and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come And then the end will come when this gospel is preached. Because in the book of Revelations, it says that every tongue and every tribe and every somebody from from every nation on this world will be in heaven praising the King of Kings. So therefore, this gospel has to go to all of the earth, throughout all of it. And whose responsibility is it? Yours and mine. It's yours and mine to spread the gospel, the good news... The good news of the Gospel. But you've got to know, what is the good news of the Kingdom? What's the good news of the Gospel? What's it all about? Well, it's about your calling. It's about your gifts. It's about your authority. And it's about the rank that God wants to put you in. Because we're in an army. We're in an army. And if we're in an army, there's a general. And then there's a lieutenant general. And then there's captains. And then there's majors. And then there's sergeant majors. And then there's corporals. And then there's lance corporals. And then there's privates. But in the privates, you've got a specific job. I want you to be a medic. I want you to be an explosive person. I want you to be you know, a sniper. I want you to... We've got roles in all of this, in this army. So what's your role? What's your role in it? And you might have a role that just in your prayer life will open up the heavens. Just in your prayer life, bringing heaven down and creating an open portal over wherever you go or wherever else somebody else goes. You might not be on the, frank, on the front line, but you might be in the reserve supporting the front line and feeding them and looking after them and mending them and putting them back together to send them out into battle. Because what does church mean? It means to be called out. And as I said, church is part of the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of God is so much more than church so much more, there is so much more to this and this is what happened to me and Heidi back in 2003 we sat there in the the Isle of Sky screaming out for God screaming at the top of our voices we want more of you Lord because we suddenly realised there's got to be more than church to church than what we're doing and I'm still screaming Lord I want more of you I want more of you so we must come under that kingdom's authority and we must be about building that kingdom and we must have a bigger concept of who we serve Christians have got such a small concept of who we who we're serving we're more worried about what the devil's doing than we are about saying Lord what are you doing what are you doing and we've got to have a bigger vision We've got to increase the vision that goes beyond the walls of church. We've got to be. We've got to believe in, a bigger, in bigger things because the kingdom of God is so much bigger than us. And we've got to believe in that, big, that greatness, that hugeness of that kingdom and all of the resources that are in that kingdom. How about you when you have a commission to go from the Lord, is to, to go from this earth up into heaven to get a body part and bring it down. For somebody who doesn't have a leg, doesn't have a kidney, doesn't have a liver, doesn't have this, is missing. And you go and bring that piece of body down. Because there's storerooms in heaven. All ready for this. And most of the church say, ah, oh, baloney. absolute, What a load of you completely gobbledygook. We'll tell that to Smith Wigglesworth when he told the curate to go and buy a pair of shoes and put the shoes on when he didn't have any legs and the assistant turns round and he's got a leg Mm -hmm. turns around he's got both legs we know so but why have we got this on why are we so blinkered for this when we've got this so (laughs) blinkered but you know all we see is civil war about numbers, doctrines of men, traditions of men. We see jealousy. We see um, just people just being horrible to each other. I prefer, honestly, I prefer apart from this place. I'm not. I'm not putting you in this category. But I, I prefer non-Christians. At least you know they, if they've got a problem with you, they're going to come and talk to you about it, whether it's the right way or the wrong way. They're still going to come and talk to you about it. You know but we can be a light in that situation we can be a light in this darkness instead of fighting and backstabbing and gossiping and being about personal ministry and personal you know whatever I hate it I hate it why because he hates it selfish ambition I only want to be promoted when he promotes me that's the only thing I want and if I'm if I if I'm never promoted, I'll be if I'm striving and going for the kingdom, I'll be happy in that. Totally. You know, and, and, and what's all this about? Committees and churches overriding the will of God. What is all that about? You know, I mean there, there's a doctrine that should never have been. Can I can I just destroy and sacrifice what some people might hold as a sacred cow? But you know, elders should never override the pastor. Never. Never override the pastor. You should never have the PCC, is that what it's called? Or PPC or something like that? You should never have those members overriding the vicar. You know, the five-fold ministry should never be ruled by the elders. What Paul was saying, because churches were springing up left, right and centre throughout the whole of the areas they went, they didn't have the pastors to put there. So they said, until until you get your pastor, you get your, your evangelist, you get your you know, teacher, you get you know, and all the rest of the fivefold, until you get the fivefold in, then I want to put elders in, I want to put deaconesses in, I want to put these people in until And when you have that, then they take charge because they are appointed and commissioned by the Holy Spirit to take it. And I've, I've just heard some incredible things. How pastors have been decommissioned and told to move on because they're giving the message of the gospel of the kingdom we don't want your message but we're living in perilous times you know 2 Timothy uh, 3 verse 1 to 5 we're living in perilous times those things are fierce times fierce fierce times and what does Jesus tell us? What does Paul, the whole, under, the, under the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what does Paul tell us to do? Have nothing to do with these people. Because I'm going to be preaching about the kingdom. Going to get to the main crust of the message. But I want to, pre- I want to show you something. You might have a Philadelphian anointing of the seven church ages that have been right the way through history, right? But those seven churches are still alive today. You've still got the persecuted church, the Smyrna church. You've still got the Ephesus church. Yeah, they move in the spirit, but they've lost their first love. You, what, one you don't want to be in is the Laodicean church. You're neither one thing or the other. You think you've got everything, but I see you pitiful, pine, blind, naked and poor come by from me gold that you have to dig for. Jenny's message, that, you know... We've got to dig for this gold. Be, re- be prepared to go in the fire and get refined where all the, the crud has taken off. And the only thing left is going to shine beautifully for him. Don't you want that? <coughs> but this is what he says. You might be a Losedean... No, sorry. You know, None of you are. You might be a Philadelphian type of church person Person, sitting in a Losedean church. Get out. Get out, you know, find like minded people who are living their lives as crucified unto flesh. You died and you've, you, you've been crucified in Christ, and now you don't live, and, and you're just about, about the kingdom. Get amongst those people. I'm not talking, you're not, none of you are allowed to leave. <laughs> I'm telling you that now. You cannot leave because you're meant to be here. You're meant to be here so much more because of what's coming. Because what's going to come is this we're going to go away. Now, we've been on this road about getting the anointing from God and then teaching others. So they get the anointing and teach others. They get the anointing and teach others. And before we know, this nation is saved because we're making disciples and not converts. Don't you want that? Just, you know, if you've you've said something really nasty about somebody who's in charge of church, whether you've been right or wrong, repent, say sorry, just get on with it. Don't let that hold you back. Seek first the kingdom of God. As it says in Matthew 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And his righteousness. So he's seeking two things, the kingdom of God, so you've got to know what it looks like. Is there sickness in heaven? No. Nope. Is there people under demonic influence in heaven? Nope. Is there people that, that, that are bound with chains and things of life in heaven? No. There's the look, there's a good look at the kingdom. <coughs> That's a good look at the kingdom, just to begin with. But we've got to bring the good news of the kingdom to heal the sick to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, to drive out demons, and freely we receive, freely to teach others how to do it. So that when they have a good motive, where they are full of the kingdom, when they're full of the, the spirit and walking and seeing and hearing and smelling in the spirit, the lust of the, of the world will just fall off you. Fall off you. So what does the word righteousness mean? And this is where I th- we've been singing about it. And this is where I feel that that you need to hear... Some of you here need to hear this. Because you have a false concept of who you are. And you're living under the law instead of living in the spirit. You're living under the law of God instead of living in the spirit. Because when you have a revelation of who you are... ...everything else will just fade into insignificance. Listen to this. The Old Testament says that God is righteous. In Psalm 7 verse 11 it says... God is a righteous judge. And the word for righteous in the Hebrew means to be just, lawful, and correct. So God is just, he is lawful, and he is always correct. Always. In the Greek, it's another word, which is diakosis, which means observing divine laws or being totally upright, faultless, faultless, innocent, and guiltless. So why do we walk around feeling guilty all the time? Oh, I haven't done this, I haven't done that, I haven't oh, I feel really down. I just you know I'm not I'm not picking up the Bible and reading the word of God as much as I should. I'm not praying as much as I should be doing. Oh, I'm just useless as a Christian. How many people have been through that? I'd say a lot of us. But I want to see I want to, you to see how God sees us. This is the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords, how Jesus sees you. The Old Testament said that the shedding of blood of animals was necessary to cover sins. It only covered the sin. It didn't take away the sin. It just covered the sin. But it needed the blood of an animal. And this animal was completely innocent. It never sinned and it didn't deserve to die. But every year the the, the Hebrews, the Jews, would would sacrifice on the... the, um, uh, the new year and they would kill the lamb the spotless lamb you know they would kill the uh, the passover the um, the the ox the red bull and they would kill it but sin requires a blood sacrifice but these sacrifices never took the sin away and in john 1 verse 7 it says that the blood of jesus his son cleanses us all from all sin It's the second part of the verse. It's the second part of the verse. It says, And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So now we have the Lamb of God, the most perfect person that has ever walked this earth, who has now just not covered your sin, but taken it away. Wow. Wow. That's power. I feel the anointing on that more than anything else. That's the good news. That's the good news. He has taken away and he has not just covered the sin, he's taken it away. And it's through the innocent shedding of blood. It's the perfect lamb of God that has not just covered your sin, it's taken it away. That's the righteousness of God. That's his righteousness. He has taken away your sin. He's forgiven you. That's his righteousness. And it's the blood of the Lamb that cleanses us. Amen. That is why it says in 1 John 1 verse 9, and this is why, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will cleanse us of our sins and purify us from what? All unrighteousness. So if He's purified us through the blood of all unrighteousness, what's left? Righteousness. You're righteous. You've been made righteous. This is what it is to walk in the Spirit. Not to live in the law. I'm I'm really down. No. Confess your sins and He will purify you. He will make you right. That it's like you have never sinned. Wow, what great news that is. What great news that is. And then you know where you're headed for. You're headed for an eternity in His presence. It says where God will tabernacle in his people yeah. he will come in the tabernacle with us that's incredible this is the gospel yeah. this is the gospel this is the good news of the kingdom of God you don't have to feel down now I might be the worst of the worst but I made righteous through the blood yeah. does that give me a reason to carry on sinning no I'll strive not to I will strive and I'll say, Lord, I was never born for this. You never created me for this. Therefore, I ask you, I want to look like you, Jesus. And that answer, that prayer will be answered quicker than anything else. If that's your heart's desire. I just love that. Oh, that's one of the most powerful verses. 1 John 5. Sorry, 1 John 1 verse 9. That if we confess. There's the word if. If. So if you've sinned, confess it. If you need to go to your brother and say, have I offended you in any way? Whether you're right or wrong, have I offended you? Because if I've offended you, I never meant to do that, I'm sorry. Then you've released them. Their blood is not on your head anymore. Yeah. And then... Wow. It's trusting in the Lamb of God that has shed blood, to have the absolute power to take away every sin you've ever done. Every sin. So when he looks at you, he, this is how God looks at you, can I just show you? He looks at you, because if we're meant to look like Jesus, he looks at you and you are Jesus to him. He looks at you through his eyes of his son, that so loved you that he sent his one and only, his best, that was without sin to become sin. Because God sees Jesus' righteousness as being our own righteousness. That's incredible. It's like you've never sinned. So when God sees you, and you're like Moses, you know, he lied, he did all this, he did that wrong, Or Abraham, and, you know, well, they did this. No, no, they didn't. That's not written in the book. No, no, that's not theirs. There's nothing written in the he, and, and he's forgotten about it. He can't even remember it. That's the most amazing thing. Don't you want to be set free by this? Don't you want to live for him? Be righteous, but through the blood of Jesus? So confess it. Go for it. Since he accepts Jesus' holiness and perfection, he must accept ours. Because it's been an input into us because of his death. This is the justice and the righteousness of God that once the blood of the Lamb has covered you and taken away your sins, it is in, un- it's, it's no more. It's, it's no more. That's incredible. That's why I can stand here. I can't stand here in my own flesh. I can stand here in the Spirit because of that truth. That's the only reason why I can stand here, is because of that truth. And that's why it's called good news. See, nobody who is not perfect or been made righteous through the blood can enter into the kingdom of God, or inherit it. No one can. No one can inherit it. Why? Well, it's very simple, because nothing unclean can come into the presence of God, because God is holy. Nothing unclean can come into something that is so perfect. And you can only be perfect through the blood of Jesus. And you might be a Christian that has walked the life for 30 years, but you haven't known that truth. That's the good news of the kingdom. You see, he's too, he's too holy for that. Too holy. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 says, for our sake, for, it's 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin." who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There you go. That's what the word says. That you might become the righteousness of God. That's not living under the law. That's living under the spirit of God. So stop feeling guilty about yourselves. Stop feeling guilty. If you've confessed this, And you are determined and wanting to change. He became sin for you. So that you can become the righteousness of God. You become then the apple of God's eye. And so many Christians live at a lower level. Such a low level. I want to live in everything that he's created me for. Because guess what? He died for me. I am no longer anything of myself. I'm all of his. Because he paid a huge price for me. This is not my life anymore. <coughs> oh, this is great. Colossians 1, verse 21. Listen to this. Please, listen to me. And if, I want, if you want to go away and learn a verse, learn this one. Learn this one. Colossians 1, verse 21 and 22. And you, who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, there it is. Yet now he is reconciled in the body of his flesh, through death, to present you, you, holy and blameless and above all reproach in his sight. That is probably one of the most powerful scriptures. That's the gospel that he has presented because of his righteousness to present you holy. I'm holy. Listen, people might think, oh, you're big head. I'm holy. I'm holy because of that truth. I'm above any reproach because of that truth and I am totally blameless that should make you want to sing and dance and clap and jump up and be the most happiest person alive on this earth because I'm blameless and guess what this does for us can I show you what this does this verse will link into this one because this is how we were this is how we were it says in Isaiah 46 verse 6 Says, And all of us have become like one who was unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We are all shriveled up like a leaf. And like the wind of our sins sweep us away. But I thank God for this because, listen, He delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of sins. So if I've been made righteous, I'm labouring on this point because I need to get this point across. Folks, if I'm, a, if I'm blameless, holy, and above all reproach, then this is what we can do. This is what we can do because we're not under law, we're living in the Spirit. Can I show you? It is Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, verse 14. This is incredible. This is the way I live my life because even though I could feel really down and really thinking, oh, I'm really a rotten Christian, I think, no, I just have to read these verses and I'm not. I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not bad, I'm his. And if there's a problem, it's his problem. When I run to him and say, "Daddy, wash me, cleanse me, cleanse me. make me right with you." He says, "Therefore, since we have a great high priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a priest who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses. You've got a God that understands your weaknesses understands them but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin so therefore let us approach god's throne with grace with confidence so that we may receive the mercy find uh, and find grace to help us in our time of need folks we can approach this 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 throne with confidence and boldness we can go before and say look god i need your grace i need your mercy because of the blood of jesus And you can approach it you can go to the throne of God not so we can boast but you can oh Lord just bathe me in your presence make me clean make me righteous make me completely blameless and holy and above any reproach because of what you've done thank you Jesus thank you that you've done this thank you that Jesus that that you have set me free from all the lies of church that, that I will never break free of this sin I want to be break I want to break free so I can live for you Jesus I want to lift you where there, where there will be no constraints. There won't be. There's, there's, you, there's such an unlimited kingdom out there. Instead of limiting, I'm really down, I'm really poor, I'm pitiful, poor and naked. But, Bill, but buy from him gold refined. In the, buy from him. Go running to Jesus. Get yourself right with him. See the king Matthew 13, I'm gonna finish in a minute. Matthew 13 speaks in seven parables. Matthew 13, you need to understand Matthew 13. It speaks of it in seven parables of the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like. And there's seven parables. Can I make a suggestion here? When you meet Matthew 13, it's literally Jesus talking before the seven ages of the churches. Ever were before he's now taking us through what these seven church ages will be and what they represent so i'll probably leave that for the next time but but I'm just going to give you a, a, a sort of like um, an overview like Ephesus Ephesus were was the first church age um, and it represents somebody like Moses Moses getting you know the first thing of Getting the people out of, out of Egypt, crossing over to the promised God, you know, it sort of like it represents Moses, but they lost their first love. They wandered around the desert for 40 years instead of wandering in the desert for four days. They lost their way a little bit. That's the first church. The second church is like Korah, Smyrna. It's the rebellious church. They rebelled about the things of God. They came, and then we got um, the third church, Pergamos, which is like Balaam, Balaam, which is called the, the paganized church. Can you remember Balaam? Curse these people! Curse these people! And every time he went to curse them, he couldn't. He said, "No. What you have to do is this: is you just have to put your women folk and your men folk into their camps and get them to intermarry, and get them to, and then their wives will teach their husbands how to practice paganism. So they compromised." And this is where the church... We, we've got churches like this. That are taking the things of the world and adopting them in to the things of, of the church and calling it God. Calling it being holy. Instead of preaching the truth and setting the captives free. Jezebel, Thyatira, the persecuted church. You know, the kingdom of God is like leaven. Put a bit of leaven and in, yeast in the, in the leaven. Infects the whole bread, the whole bread. And then you've got the remnant, the Sardis church, the remnant grace church, which is (gasps) the man who found the pearl worth many things in the field and went and sold everything to buy that field. And I'm gonna explain all this next time because it's really important that we go through these church ages. But then here's the one, (gasps) this is where I wanna be, Hezekiah. The Hezekiah type of person in the Philadelphian church where it's all about Jesus. It's all about becoming brotherly love the missionary church telling people about the good news of the kingdom setting the captives free healing the sick this is the missionary church this is the church that we're in now you are sat in a Philadelphian church because you are meant to be here because you're a Philadelphian type of person you are a Hezekiah when all of the other when all the other priests were sacrificing to pagan gods Hezekiah stood true for God and he's a type of Jesus. Isn't it incredible? Yeah. 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 And then you've got the captivity, the Losedean church, the church that will be taken into captivity. I, I, I'm going to finish, but I asked Neville a question because I, had, I felt I had a bit of revelation in this. I said to Neville, I said, Neville, did the Philian, Philadelphian type of church, and you have to look at the church age it was around, and I'll explain all that next time. But if you have a look at the Philadelphian-type church, in that period of time, it was called the time of enlightenment. And the moves of God in that time, in that church age, was when you had, you know, such huge moves in America. You had the Finneys, Charles Finney, you know, and they had all of this, this incredible way where they got a concept of being holy, being holy. And, and then they got incredible revelation of who they were. Incredible revelation. This is Maria Woodward Etta, yeah and they they never listen to me this is why it's important to be in a Philadelphian church they never suffered persecution if you are in a locity church you will lose your life if you are in a Smyrna church you will lose your life If you're in a Losedean church, you will not lose your life. Sorry, in a Philadelphian church, you will not lose your life. Think about it. Meditate on it. That's how it's important, because they will be the missionary church that will go out and teach all about the kingdom of God. And you will not lose your life. A thousand may fall at my left, ten thousand at my right, but it will not touch my house. Psalm 91. You will, you will mount me up on, on a stone and you will anoint my head in the presence of my enemies. Psalm 27. It won't touch you. You will see it with your eyes and it will be horrendous. But you will be concerned about one thing setting the captives free, bringing them into the message of the kingdom of God. Don't you want that? this is what I want this is what it's about I want to be about the King's business because everything God is everything that God does is redemptive everything everything that God does is redemptive if I was to go out of this church and go into huge sin and move away from God This is the love of God, that he would take out my life so I wouldn't fall and lose my eternal place in heaven with him. That's the redemptiveness of God. And that sobers me up. Because I want to live fully for him. I want to live preaching the kingdom of God is at hand. Don't you? We will go to... Uganda and Africa again and we will hold crusades where all will be healed this is coming this is coming to us where we will have the seven spirits of God on a body of people that will do the the greater works in John that John talks about we will do the greater works even greater so when Jesus went about all cities In all villages, in all towns, wow! We will—he healed all. Come on, folks, Sheffield. So I'm carrying the kingdom of God for Sheffield, and to advance that kingdom, where the gate of hell will not prosper, and so are you. So, if you are in a church that isn't advancing the kingdom, that it's battening up the hatches. No, we're just preparing. We're preparing for what's coming. Yes? Are you with me? It's just, you know, it's just gone very, very quiet out there. And, and, you know, because it's so much bigger. This is so much bigger than us. But when we get right with the Lord, and we get right with each other, he will advance that kingdom through you and me. Isn't that right? And do you know what I felt? I wrote a word down but what the Lord wants to do here is this anyone think anybody I wrote the word down and I had it under the book because I'm thinking that what the Lord wanted to do he told me today I want you to go to church dressed up and he told two other three other people that they're to get dressed up isn't that right yes why why would God tell a bunch of people to get dressed up? I I believe that that God is wanting to commission us. I I do. I believe with all of my heart that God is wanting to commission us.
1: Why saying that Andy? Because when I was
0: I haven't probably spelled it right. The English teacher. He
1: told me to dress up and come to free. Right. That time I preach I dressed up. Yep. The second time I here. <laughs> <coughs>
0: I believe that God is wanting to commission us to advance the kingdom that I believe he wants to give you and enlighten you and give you a of what his purposes are for you I believe he wants you to actually realize you've got a part to play in this kingdom that you've got a role to play and he wants to commission you in that role that he wants you to play because we can't back off from this We can't back off from this. You've got to embrace what he wants for you. You've got to run to what he wants for you. So I believe there is a commissioning here today, and I don't know what he wants to commission you into. I don't. I've got some ideas. And you know what? You know, again, Heidi and I were talking, you know, and if you're in the wrong place, I'm not saying this for you, Richard. I'm not saying this for you. This is not aimed at you. I promise you. But if you are not in the right place... Then you've got to pray about it. I'm talking geographical. If you are not in the right place, you won't come to the fullness of your commissioning. We need to be in His perfect will. Not, you know, oh, I think this is His will. Because what happens if the Lord is telling us to move as a body, to relocate? That's got you worried now, hasn't it? South. That's really got you worried. South-north. South but I want you to stand up, because I really do believe that the Lord is wanting to commission us today. And therefore, I wanted to come dressed for the occasion. Because, listen, only God knows what he wants to commission you into. I don't want self-promotion. I want his promotion. But if it means me going down a peg or two, so I have to earn the rank, then I'll go down a peg or two. And I'll start again. Because there's no failure in God. No failure. You just get to reset it all the time. Until you've passed. So I want you to ask the Lord right now, Lord, what is my part in your kingdom? And then I'm going to pray over you. What is my part? What are you showing me? What do you want to show me? And I'm gonna pray this for you. Father, I ask you now to speak to your servants here today. Father, under the power of the Holy Spirit, we can approach through the blood of Jesus your throne with boldness. And we can ask you today, because Lord, we have confessed our sins and you are faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And I thank you for the blood that covers and takes away my sin completely. So Lord, we stand here before you because of this truth we stand in the spirit before your throne and we ask you now correct us where we need correction Lord, where we've lost direction can we have your true north Lord, where we have lost sight of our calling will you reestablish it in us So that we may advance one thing, your kingdom, on earth, as it already is in heaven. So Lord, I pray, will you give us dreams and visions and encounters, and through the words, will you speak to us now, today? Because we want to be living for you. Where do you want us to be, Father? Father? What do you want us to be doing? Lord, and if we have to relocate, then we will. Lord, if you've called us to even move countries, make it apparent. felt the Holy Spirit just tell me this and I'm gonna pray it over you because many of us have been captives and held in captivity over these last few years but the captives about to be released you're about to see a move from the Holy Spirit that will give you and direct you into your calling to increase the kingdom This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise. This is what the Lord is doing. He's going to fulfill his good promise in you. And I will bring you back to this place. What's that place? The things he wants to give us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. This is the Lord. We have the Lord's ear in this. He will listen to us. And when you will seek me, you will find me. This is the gold that... Ginny was talking about. We've got to dig for it. And when you find me and seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places that I have banished, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you. So Father, I ask you now to bring us back to that place. You gave us these plans, you gave us these hopes, you gave us this commissioning to go out to the nations, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse lepers, to drive out demons, to teach others how to do it, so that we can advance your kingdom. But Jesus, I pray now, will you give us the commissioning in this church as a body of people, that it's all about your blood, that takes away the sins Of the world I pray for that presence to be in this place that is the blood of the lamb the good news of the kingdom I just believe the Lord is saying that I will be the leaves of healing for this nation through you I'll be the leaves of healing for this nation through you you are the leaves on the tree And the tree is the Lord. And the fruit of which people will eat, they will never be hungry and never be thirsty because you will be the leaves of that healing. Father, I just pray now, release everything from heaven that we will need now to get this job done. Lord, I pray, give us the wings like eagles to see from your heavenly place. And can I suggest if you need to go to someone and say, I had this against you or have I offended you in any then please do it. Please do it. And Lord we ask you to commission our children to commission the children in this place that they will come into everything that you have for them but Lord let them be love let them be full of joy and kindness let them be full of peace and gentleness and faithfulness Lord let them be patient and being a good self-control but Lord let them see it in us first Ask the Lord. Lord, what is my role in this army? Ask Him. And is there anything in me, Father, that is holding this back? somebody who's going to hear my voice and the Lord is telling you to move geographically sell your house and move and you know this is what the Lord is saying to you and he's been saying to you for a long time now but you've been worried about Lord how do I cope, how do I do this how do I do that and the Lord says no I've already prepared the way just
1: do it truly the Word of the Lord. The emphasis of being in His presence, knowing His cleansing power and who we are in Christ. Awesome. It's beyond comprehension. We need the spirit man within us to understand the revelation of that. And God is such a good God. We know your presence in this place, Lord. And Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord, that we receive that word this morning and that we digest it, Lord, and that we eat of it. That we allow it to permeate our bodies and our minds and soul that our spirit man may communicate totally and completely with you. And Lord, enable us to hear Your voice. Enable us to know the destinies over our lives, because we've all got destinies. Enable us to know the urgency of the moment. Enable us, Lord, to kick the world out of us, Lord, by your presence and your love. Enable us, Lord, to grow and reach and, and be closer and closer to you, enveloped in you. Enable us, Lord, to fulfill that which you've called us to, enable us to be called heavenwards in Christ Jesus. And Lord, this week, I pray this week that we may know you more dearly and seek you more clearly, to Lord set aside time and time and time, to know you, Lord. We love to be in your presence. And this week, may we take special note of not allowing the world to touch us, for distractions to come upon us, Lord. But may we focus and fix our, eye, our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Do you understand the enormity of it? Do we know the incredibleness of it? It's beyond description. It can only be revealed by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit to our spirits. Walk around this week knowing that there's a portal over you wherever you are. That the ground you walk on is holy ground because you take it for Jesus. May there be coincidences this week that are not coincidences, but divine connections. May this week you be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and aware of His love and presence, that whoever you speak to, touch, walk through, etc., that you will know the hand of God is on your life, that you may spread and be partakers of His kingdom. Because, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. Blessed be your name, O Lord. We worship you and thank you today for who you are, for you, Lord. Glory to God in the highest, to you only, whoever was and is and shall be. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We give you glory now. We worship you. May our hands raise up and touch into heaven, Lord. May heaven open above us. May the waves upon waves upon waves of your presence overwhelm us, Lord, as we seek your face and do your will. To you be the glory, the power, and the honor. Lamb of God, blessed are you. Blessed are you, Lord. And the people went, Amen, and Amen, and Amen, and Amen. I just feel the unction to say this. You know, we're going into a different phase. We are entering into a different phase. And this phase is centered upon holiness. Love of the Lord and blessedness from him. We need to take what Andy said seriously. Imbibe it. Have it revealed to us by the spirit there's no going back folks it's onwards and onwards and upwards into his presence experiencing him this is our destinies this is what we're called for extending and growing and developing the kingdom but in that knowing that we are called to be like him These are sobering times, but they're also exciting times. And we were chosen. That's what's so important. We were chosen for such a time as this. So we thank the Lord for each other, for those who've been put over us, Andy and Heidi. We thank the Lord for them. And we say, Blessed and be blessed. In his name this week, amen.